0: Mark ten one through 6. And he left there and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan, and crowds gathered to him again. And again, as was his custom, he taught them. And Pharisees came up, and in order to test him, asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. And Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. tell me that you don't recognize the music to family matters. There you go. <laughs> I, I would blame Walter for that, but when he made the suggestion, I loved it. And so there you go. It is good to see all of you here. I should explain that we are working our way toward Mother's Day, and Mother's Day is going to be a special day for us. It is Family Day. We did that last year, and. We're doing that again this year. We're focusing on the family. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's that's another TV program. That's a radio program. But we are focusing on the family on Mother's Day. And so we're doing a series called Family and Friends. Today, family matters. Family matters. Next week, I'll go ahead and tell you that I'm going to be speaking on Friends matter. And then Todd will be the special speaker for Mother's Day. I'm giving him a holiday to preach, and uh, he owes me for that. You know, we were in ministry in Kenya for 12 years. Our guests would not know that. Some of the members may not know that. But we were missionaries in Kenya, East Africa. And anytime you go to work in a foreign culture... There's an element of culture shock, right, Jamie? Um, And a part, one of the biggest parts of culture shock besides the language and, and the biggest part of culture shock for me was dealing with family matters. For one thing, in Kenya, they practiced polygamy. In case you don't know what that means, that means that men had more than one wife. Often they would have a city wife and they would have a country wife. Uh, Without fail, the older wife, the first wife, was the country wife. And basically it was her responsibility to take care of the children, to do the farming. And when I say take care of the children, I'm talking about taking care of the children for all the wives. All of the wives and the husbands sent their children to the village to be educated there because it was less expensive. So the country wife had all the work to do. The city wife, on the other hand, got to live in the city where there was, well, just a lot nicer. I don't want to try to explain because you can't even picture it. But she got to live in the city and send her children to the country for somebody else to take care of them. For that reason, Brenda said to me, I'm going to be the city wife. I will not be the country wife. I'm going to be the city wife. By the way, she's sitting at home laughing. She has a bad cold this morning and didn't want to expose you to it. So there you go, darling. You're still the city wife. But we had weird things because of that. They, they practiced bride price. You, you, you have to buy your wife. You pay the father-in-law for your wife. They had bride price. And occasionally, some guy would not make a payment on his wife, and the father-in-law would come and repossess his wife. You ever heard of that? Some of you are getting bright ideas and don't even go there. Don't even go there. I, as for me, I've been paying for Brenda for 51 years. Just ask my mother in law. Family is important. Family is the foundation of civilization. And our current civilization is under satanic attack. Because we are not following God's plan for the family. Now, I'm not talking about politically correct issues. I'm not going to talk a lot about current culture. I want to tell you what the Bible says. Samantha, I spent five years in Kenya studying the Bible and observing the culture before I preached my very first sermon about marriage. Because it does not matter. I, I didn't want to take, Cynthia, the, the American culture and make Americans out of them. That's not the point. I'm certainly not going to bring African culture and introduce it to you. That's not the point. We want a culture that is biblical. And we need marriages that are biblical marriages. Now, in the passage, uh, Leah, I think I shorted you on verses. Uh, My scripture was supposed to be a little longer, but we'll get that by osmosis as we go along. But notice that Leah said, they gathered to him and he taught them. Okay, that's what we do every Sunday, right? We gather together in the presence of the Lord. I would remind you what I said last week. When you came into this place, not because of the building, but that we are gathered in His name, you came into the very presence of God. Jesus is in the room, and we need to hear from Him this morning. I hope you came here expecting to meet with the resurrected Savior. He is here in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. He is here every time we meet. He taught them, and He taught them about the foundational issues. They were asking about divorce. He answered them with God's plan for the human race. That's what I want you to hear today, because marriage and family mattered to him, and family matters to me, and family certainly ought to matter to you. He taught them, but they questioned him. If that's so, then why is it this way? By the way, biblical teaching is not wrong just because it's not popular or politically correct. I promise you that you're going to hear some things this morning that are definitely not popular and definitely not politically correct. Why, is, why are things that way? It's the hardness of our hearts, according to Jesus, that keeps us from following God's plan. For us. And if you hear something today that I say that offends you because it's not politically correct and it's not popular, as long as I am speaking from this book and I am accurately interpreting what this book says, it's not my problem, it is yours. And if you have issues with this book, talk to the author of the book about it and not me. Listen, we're going to have an Exploring Church Membership class immediately after the service this morning. And Brenda will shudder in our shoes when I say this, and maybe my staff will as well. If you have not signed up and you want to come, Brenda made extra sliders... For lunch and you are welcome to come and I can tell you that one of the first things we will say about what we believe at this church and visitors you wonder about our church this is what we're all about this is it Baptists are known for the Bible other groups are known for other things but Baptists are known for the Bible And we base our lives. This is our all-sufficient rule for faith and practice. And if we preach anything else than the Word of God, we're in trouble and we'll answer to God for it. And so we're talking about family because family matters. Family is important to God. Now, if you have a worship guide... By the way, uh, staff, we've got to print a lot more worship guides. We ran out this morning, and I feel bad about that for some of our visitors, our guests. But if you have a worship guide, you have this outline in front of you, and I'll try to go slowly enough that you can fill in the blanks. I want you to look from this passage, first of all, at God's design of genders. It says in verse 6, From the beginning of creation... God made them male and female. That's chapter 10, verse 6. Male and female. Charles made two genders and only two. He did not, folk, make 22 genders or 202. He made two genders. And it's not difficult to tell them apart. Now, my, my niece... Posted on Facebook, they have a new parrot. And I noticed, Charlotte, she said the DNA testing shows, what did she say? It's a female. I guess with birds, parrots especially. Now, the hummingbirds that show up, hey guys, did you ever notice that in the bird kingdom, it's the male who's the pretty one. But I guess a parrot, it's hard to tell because they're colorful anyway, so you have to have DNA. Your body bits demonstrate what gender you are. Your DNA settles what gender you are, and God does not make mistakes. He is the all-knowing and all-powerful creator of the universe, And he does not make mistakes. He made two genders. First of all, he made male. He made man, Adam, male, man. God made the male and female. Now, as the male, he made him all man. And God intends for men to be real men. Bold, decisive, leaders, heroes of faith and of courage. Some of you women will say, yeah, you've got a lot of courage. You won't even stop and ask directions. That's what makes you a man, right? I'll find it. I don't need any help. But we live in an age where, you know, it used to be... in old programs, and I'm going to show my age, in programs like Leave It to Be, The Beaver and Father Knows Best, it was the women who were presented as being weak, silly, emotional, but now Hollywood has decided that women are in charge of the world and men are silly, weak, emotional dummies. Now, What did God do? How did God intend? Who did he make the leader of the family? And who did he make to be strong? And who did he say was to be submissive? That's not politically correct. But if you want a happy life and a happy family, you better model your family after God's design and not political correctness. Men, you need to be the leader in your home. You need to be the hero of your wife and children. Wives, children, you need to look up to that man. There are far too many homes today where the father is absent and a single mother is struggling to raise her children. Those single mothers are heroes to me. What do I think about the man who deserted his family? Listen, we need men to be real men. Ladies, read the book, Wild at Heart. When you get the thinking that your sons are just a little bit too rambunctious, one of my favorite cartoons um, is the name... Hey, Brenda, what's the name of that? Um, the kids are Zoe, and the dad comes in, and Zoe is playing with dolls on the floor and says, Hi, Dad. And he walks into the kitchen, and the son is sitting on the top of the refrigerator and, and, and says, Hi, Dad. If you get to thinking that your sons are just a little bit too rambunctious, read the book by John Eldridge, Wild at Heart. If you wonder why your husband scares you to death with some of the things that he tries, read the book, Wild at Heart. God made men to be bold and courageous to be leaders. By the way, there's a problem in our world today, and it is a dangerous trend. John Roseman said, The dangerous trend in education today where boys are considered dysfunctional girls. The girls are the heroes in the class because they are mild mannered and behave and follow the rules. Boys, not so much. They want action. Roseman's one simple thing that he said that needs to be put back in the classroom or in the, in the schedule of the day is play period. Let those boys out of the class and go rip and tear and, and scream and let off some energy. Boys are not Dick's dysfunctional girls. They are made to be different. They are made to be just a little bit wild and a lot energetic. Raise your sons to be men. Read to them the stories of the Old Testament. Men like David and Samuel. I tell you, it may scare you to read some of the things. My, my reading today was about Samuel where he, he hacked the, the king to pieces. Now, that's a little graphic. The Bible sometimes is PG-17 because of the violence. But it's real, and it's true. And you need to read your sons the stories of the Bible so that they understand what a real man does. When God says, do this, they do it. And you want to turn out boys, not sissies. Not sissy men. They need to know what it means to be a real man. He made them male and female. He made them male and female. And God intended for women to be women, feminine, tender, mothering, nurturing. That is not to say that His goal for women, guys, are you listening? Is to keep them barefoot and pregnant. Women are not for you. To to stand on and trample. Women are given to you men. As a gift from God. Like a porcelain doll. To treat with gentleness. Tenderness. To treasure. And to take care of. Bugs me when I go to open a door for a woman, and she says, I can do that myself. And I say, my mother would turn over in her grave if I let you open the door for yourself. My mother raised me, or tried to raise me, to be a gentleman. Let your sons be gentlemen, and teach your daughters to be feminine. It's okay for them to be feminine. I'm not saying that you, I didn't pay any attention today to how many of our women are wearing dresses and how many are wearing pants. I presume that 90% of you are wearing pants this morning. That's not the issue. Uh, Did you notice? I hope you have. There's a difference in a way a woman's pants are made than a man's pants are made. The clothes that you wear can be feminine, and we're not those legalist Baptists who say that women have to wear their hair long and in a bun, and you have to wear a dress, you can't wear slacks. That's not what I'm talking about. You can be feminine with those kinds of clothes. Just don't think that you have to be a man to be successful. You see, the truth is, the modern feminist movement is actually anti-feminine. Now, you figure this out. This is supposed to be a movement that makes things better for a woman, and they're teaching you that being feminine is wrong. You're not successful unless you're a man. How, How does that work? That's a feminist movement? I don't think so. I think it's anti-feminist movement. God wants you to be feminine as he made you. Let men be men and women be women. God knew what he was doing when he chose your gender and he never makes mistakes. Well, I got one amen out of that. You don't hear that on TV today, do you? You don't see that in movies today. But that is the truth. Then I want you to notice not only his design of genders, but his plan for marriage. It says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they too, the two, shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two. But one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. You say, Brother Lynn, you've preached on those verses before. Do you have any idea how many times those verses are recorded in the Scripture? Multiple times. So you're going to hear them multiple times. I want you to notice that in this, marriage is not required, but it is recommended. I'm not going to tell you that you have to get married, that there's anything wrong with being single. Now, I could spend a lot of time on this, but Paul spoke very clearly. Jesus spoke about those who had chosen to be single. Paul talked about the benefits of being single. Some people are made to be single. Others are not. I'm one of the knots. I've been married for a significant portion of my life, and I can't imagine life without Brenda, and I hope I never have to find out. We argue constantly about who's going to die first. <laughs> and I say, it's me. And she says, you could survive without me, and so it's going to be me. And I say, no, I can't. It's going to be me some of us are real married others are made to be single and if you are it's okay marriage is not required unless you're going to be living with someone of the opposite sex in which case marriage is required cohabitation is not recommended and not biblical If you're going to lust, you need a license. Marriage is not required for everyone, but it is recommended. And for those who do marry, this is God's plan. First of all, leaving parents. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. Some Usually when I preach on this passage... Uh, I I recall to you that song we learned as a kid where have you been Billy boy Billy boy And, and if you know that song somewhere along the way calculate when it says she's a young thing and cannot leave her mother how many of you recognize that just from the description okay you just told your age but you calculate how old she is she's like 98 years old And she's a young thing and can't leave her mother. Some brides can't leave their mother or father. Some husbands cannot seem to leave their mother or father. A strong marriage requires leaving parents. It also requires holding fast to each other. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and... Hold fast to his wife. The old translation says cleave. Cleave unto his wife. That means, Gail, that means to latch on and not let go. It's an indication of a permanent hug. A permanent hug. That just popped into my mind when I was working on this sermon and I love that it's a permanent hug where you draw next to each other as close and as intimate as any two people could be husband and wife and you never let go you say well we've done that our marriage is a 50-50 relationship if it is you're in trouble 50-50 may make 100, but it doesn't make a good marriage. You need a marriage that's 100-100, where the husband is 100% committed to his wife and the wife is 100% committed to her husband. Not a 50-50 marriage, a 100-100 marriage where you hold fast to each other. You'll likely, according to Shanti Felden, have a much better and happier relationship if you get married rather than live together. Stronger, you will have a stronger commitment to the relationship and each other, a greater happiness within the relationship and with each other, a greater ability to weather the storms. Listen. You need to make your vows to each other. And if it's been a while, maybe repeat and renew your vows to each other. Make the covenant, the commitment of a covenant marriage. It's also a holy union. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. I've already said to you, I'm not going to give that lesson today. You can deal with that with your children so that I don't have to. But I've already said lust without a license is sin. Listen to me. If he won't say I do, find someone who will. If he won't say I do, save yourself for someone who will. Young ladies, your virginity is something that you cannot regain once it is given away be sure that you save yourself for marriage if she will not say I thought that's that's what I said Walter did you correct my anyway if she will not say I do walk away guy and find somebody who will then your marriage has to have permanence What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Now, I want you to pay attention. I highlighted this, let not man separate. But I want you to notice this, what God has joined together. You see, the Bible does not lay out a particular marriage ceremony. You say, well, Jesus went to a marriage. Yeah, what was the ceremony? There, the only detail we have in that is that they had wine. Now, you're probably against that, but they did. But there's no particular ceremony mentioned in the Scripture. So whatever the culture is, whatever the ceremony for marriage that we use, you need to understand that it is God who performs the joining, the wedding when you made a commitment to each other, when you made your vows, it was God who joined you together, and you better not break apart what God has joined together. He considers it permanent. If you're in a marriage with the idea that it doesn't, if it doesn't work, you can just get a divorce, you will get a divorce. You just predicted the outcome of your marriage. So, young ladies, when you marry, consider it permanent. And when you have problems, you just have to work them out. Because God does not want that marriage to be broken apart. Listen, if you want a good marriage, follow the Creator's plan. Then I want you to notice finally, God's love For children. God's love for children. It's unique in Mark that the discussion of gender, of marriage, and of children are all together in these verses 1 through 16. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And said to them, let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Listen, Jesus loves children, and so do we. But do you know that the most missing age group in our church is the children? We need more children. Bring your children. Bring your grandchildren. Bring the neighbor's children. That is the future of our church. And may I be so bold as to say to you, if you're not willing to volunteer... And work with the children, you are signing the death certificate of Faith Baptist Church. They are the future of our church. Listen, God loves children. Bring your children to God. He said, He was indignant when they scolded them. Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. Make sure that you bring your children to God. God loves them, and they need Jesus. Your children need to know the Bible. Your children need to know about God, and your children need that more than they need education, sports, money, ease, and comfort. They need Jesus. The kingdom of God is for them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant. and He says, for such, to such belongs the children of God. The kingdom of God is for children. And as much as is in your control, you need to make sure that they make it into the kingdom. That is that they are saved. Make sure they've heard the Word of God. They've been in worship services. They've been taught the Word of God. They've been under the sound of the preaching of the Word of God so that they come to faith in Christ. Read the Bible to them. Talk with them about your faith, your testimony. Just make sure that your faith is real. Teach your children how to walk with Jesus every day of their lives. Then he says, we are to become like them. What does that mean, like children? A bit naive, innocent, believing? Absolutely. Listen, until you're willing to humble yourself before God and come to Him in simple faith, You will never make it to heaven. That is his description of salvation. Humbling yourself. Recognizing that you are a sinner. And coming to him in faith. And he took them in his arms. And blessed them. Laying his hands on them. Listen to me. Family matters family is important invest in your family and do it God's way not the world's way not the popular way do it God's way I wonder will you personally in this service commit your family to God There are parents here who need to commit their children, their marriage, their home, their family, commit them to God. Will you do that in this service? You need to commit yourself to God. Will you do today what God wants you to do? Commit your husband. Commit your wife. Commit your children. Commit yourself to God and to this church. There are some of you who are attenders and permanent guests, and you need to be a member of this church. You need to find a place of service. You need to get your family here and be involved in this place, glorifying God. That's why we have the class, Exploring Church Membership. It's not going to make you a member. It's just letting you know what you're getting into when you become a member of the church. You need to come. You need to join. You need to surrender your life to Jesus. And I would challenge you to do that right now. Can we stand and bow our heads together? Father, I pray that you would move in this service by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would, you would convict hearts of husbands and wives and of children of how important the family is and how important it is for the family to be committed to you and to their church. Convict them of how important church membership and church attendance and learning about you from the Bible how important that is and I pray that whether they bend their knee or not there will be families today that will commit their marriage commit their children commit their families to you because family matters I pray that in the name of Jesus.